Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship, to know that no matter what's happening in the world, you are always present. Lord, help us never to forget this. And as we worship you today, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, help us to to recognise that you are reliable in the things that you promise to do. Loving Father, may we not turn to other things that will eventually pass away. May we be focused on you and your grace and your love. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Jesus being reliable. Now some of you may be saying, but I prayed to him about something and he didn't answer my prayers how I wanted it. Well, it's important to understand what we mean by Jesus being reliable. It doesn't mean he gives you whatever you want, whenever you want. And some of the things that you pray for, I know, are good things. And sometimes God doesn't answer your prayers exactly how you want them, does he? But that doesn't mean Jesus is not reliable. And secondly, Jesus being reliable doesn't mean his church never, ever changes. Some years ago, a gentleman quoted me Hebrews 13 verse 8, which is, says Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. But to understand that passage about what it means for Jesus never to change, you need to look at the surrounding verses and what you see, it's talking about Jesus' grace for us, his love for us, never changes. Not that... He doesn't change. Now, if you look at some of the stories of Jesus, you actually see him change or be involved in change. So Jesus being reliable is not him giving you whatever you want or me whatever I want. And it's not that the church that we're part of will never, ever change. There's a joke in uh, the Australian scene, um, for those who don't know it, where originally when the Lutheran church came to Australia, it spoke mainly German. And there was a congregation in South Australia that had a vote to see whether they would change um, from speaking German to English. And a few people were quite upset and said, one person said, but God speaks German. And another person said, well, if German was good enough for St. Paul, it's good enough for me because they had a German Bible and didn't realise it had been translated from the Greek into German. And so... We do experience change as the church, and that's something for us to keep remember. Our key texts or key verses for today come from Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 to 18. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome this. Now, this text, um, how you understand this text will probably depend on whether you have a more Catholic background or a more Protestant background. Catholics tend to say this highlights and proves that Peter is the first pope because the rock they understand that Jesus talks about is Peter. However, Most Protestants, when they look at this text and when they look at the Greek, actually understand it that Jesus is not talking about Peter being the rock, but what Peter said, that he is the Messiah, means that 
the, the church will be built on that rock. So something for us to ponder as we reflect on this passage. Three questions I invite you to reflect on is, what are the important things for you in life? And how reliable are they? When I was at high school, um, I remember giving, being given good advice for the time, which it says, go and get a job in the bank and you'll have a bank for, you'll have a job for life. We know that now is not the case. But what are the important things for you in life and how reliable are they? Secondly, what does it mean for you that Jesus is the rock, the head, the centre of the church? And that's what we're going to focus a little bit on. And thirdly, if Jesus was to come and ask you that question, who do you say I am? What would you say? Who is Jesus for you? Three questions for you to ponder on and think about in your life. Three questions for you to reflect on as we explore this text and what it means for Jesus to be reliable a bit further. But also take these questions with you and continue to, to ponder on them in your spiritual journey and your life with Jesus. Those verses again from Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 to 18. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus here is dealing with some misunderstandings and understandings of who he is. If you look at the passages that lead up to this, he's encountering the Pharisees and he's encountering people. Some people see him just as a healer. Some people see him as a troublemaker, you know, one of those rebel ratbag um, leaders. Some people want him to make their lives comfortable and rich. And I would suggest there are people today that are still like that. They'll have a relationship with Jesus, looking for him to make him them more healthy and more wealthy and some will say more wise and get despondent when those things don't happen. Some people will limit him to he is just a teacher or just a prophet or just a healer. And then there are others who, because of his mission, think they don't have to think about Jesus in everything as part of their life, but only for a small section. They come to church on Sunday, they worship, but then for the rest of the week forget. And when they're in discussions, they're quite happy to contradict the Christian way of life to suit whatever's going on in society. There are some potential misunderstandings and we can all fall into that trap. Some of us may get despondent at times when Jesus doesn't answer our prayers to make our life more comfortable or give us the job or the money that we need or particularly during these times, is to solve this COVID crisis right? overnight. And so Simon Peter's response was an important response for Jesus to hear, but it's an important response for us to hear. Simon Peter said that Jesus is the Messiah, which means that Jesus is the anointed one, the one who has come to save, the Son of of the living God. 
He didn't focus on, remember, Jesus had done a lot of healing um, up until this stage. He didn't focus on the healing. He didn't focus on his teaching. They are part of Jesus' ministry, but what was most important, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus responds that because he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that's what his church is built on. That's what's most important. It's most important to recognize that us as Christians gathered together, come together, because Jesus is the anointed one to bring salvation into our lives and the lives of others. This is what the church, this is what Christian community is built on and around. And so if you're ever wondering what, what's most important for church, it is because God gives salvation to you, to me, and to everyone. And this is a real struggle if you go through the New Testament and look closely. It's a real struggle for some Jewish people that God would dare to give salvation to non-Jews, to the Gentiles. It's a thing for us to remember as we live our life is that God is calling us to share this wonderful gift to all we meet. And we see that Jesus picks up this idea, or the church picks up this idea that Jesus is the rock, you know, the Messiah is the rock for the church. When we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, and we see that Jesus is the chief cornerstone of the church, the most important part, the reliable part. And then when we go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, we see that Jesus is the head of the church. And so who is Jesus? Well, without Jesus, we wouldn't have the church. But it's also important to remember who Jesus really is. It's about bringing salvation. The other things he does are part of his ministry, but they're not the focus, the main focus of the ministry. They are to help people gain salvation. His teaching, his healing, his comfort is all about helping people be pointed towards salvation. And that's why often within our services we have a, the time of confession with the announcement of forgiveness. It helps us remember why we're here that God forgives us and gives us life. And that's what Jesus came to do. And so there's some implications for us as we live with Jesus, as we live with each other. Salvation is the central reason for the church's existence, and it's guaranteed. We don't have to stress or worry about will we be saved if we put our trust and faith in what Jesus has done on the cross. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, we hear, because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Jesus has guaranteed to his Father that you are good enough to be in heaven, not because of what you have done, but because of what he's done for you on the cross, that he's gone to the cross and paid for your sins. And that's the central message that Jesus wants us to carry as the church, to share with others as the church. If you go on the internet or read the news about the church, you can see there's a lot of confusion from the general public. Some think the church, Christians, are simply legalists, people who want to just focus on the law. Other people think they're, they're more just into social justice. 
But what's important for us as Christians is to continue to point people to this message, that God loves them, that God saved them, and that's made possible because of Jesus. There's a sign on our front notice board is that you have a relationship with God, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus has done for you and continues to do for you. And so that's the first implication. We don't have to stress, have we done enough? We don't have to stress, are we good enough? Are we thinking the right things? So long as we put our faith and trust in what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Now that doesn't mean we don't do good things. The reality is we go and do good stuff to show God's love in the world. We go and do good stuff to help others to to know about this love that God has for us. And also from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ through the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven. And this is what is meant by Jesus is reliable. We don't have to worry about whether God will pull out on the deal of giving us salvation. He has promised that, he has made it possible, and he will deliver on that. And that's what it means for Jesus to be reliable for each one of us, that salvation is possible. And that's what makes it different to the other things that Jesus does. Jesus does do healing. But I have seen some people get healed through prayer and working with their doctor, but the doctors even said it was a miracle. But I've also seen people, good Christian people who have faith in Jesus, not get healed. Healing will happen to some and not others. And my understanding of that, my approach to that, is simply God will do what he wants to do and he's got a far bigger picture, far better understanding. And yes, it's sad. And yes, he'll he'll comfort me and spend time, give me comfort when I'm going through sickness or illness. But it is not like salvation. Salvation is guaranteed for all. Healing will happen on earth for some, but others will all of us will get healed spiritually. Another implication for us is this. In all situations, changing and unchanging, good and bad, we are called to focus on Jesus. What's important for us is to focus on Jesus. Not so we get the life we want, but so Jesus is there influencing us. Jesus is there caring for us. Jesus is there shaping for us. Jesus is there loving us. And Jesus is there helping us to reflect him in any situation we experience. We are currently going through a very difficult season. People are worried. People are scared. And many of us would love God just to snap his fingers and get rid of the coronavirus. And we keep praying for that, and I encourage you, to keep praying for that. But if it doesn't happen at the time we want it, be assured that God is still with you. Be assured that God is still working on bringing that healing. But also be assured that God will use this situation for good to help others 
to know and experience his love. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 reminds us, Do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Regularly I read about people, Christian people, who have gone through major, major problems. Some of those problems would cause others to lose faith. And it's not that they're strong Christians than others, but it's that they've kept their focus on Jesus. You may know the hymn, Now Thank Me All Our God. And most of us are happy to thank God when good things happen, aren't we? But that hymn was actually written by the hymn writer just after his wife had passed away. And yet he was still able to thank God and praise God for all the good that was happening, even though there was terrible stuff happening at the same time. And so the implications for us that if Jesus is reliable, is that let's keep focused on Jesus. Let's keep allowing Jesus to speak to us in those situations, good and bad, changing and unchanging. Also from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, we hear, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is and his good, pleasing and perfect will. It's important for us that, yes, we listen to people, yes, we have empathy for people, but we put that into perspective of what Jesus says. One of the things that um, frustrates me a little bit is that people who will claim that particular political parties are more Christian than others. And yet, if you look at political parties, most of them have some elements of of reflecting God's love, but also most of them also fall into the trap of being self-focused and not reflecting God and his love. And when people think along the lines that some political parties are more Christian than others, they're allowing the world to conform their thinking rather than Jesus. And so I encourage you to think about what it means for Jesus to speak into a situation. What does it mean for Jesus to be reflected in a situation you're facing, good and bad? Maybe you have an opportunity to pray for somebody this week who is struggling. Maybe you have an opportunity to share something or give something to somebody who doesn't have enough. Because in all situations, changing and unchanging, good and bad, let us focus on Jesus because Jesus is reliable. Now here's, here's my little end thought on all of this. We live in a changing world with an unchanging God. This does not mean that God opposes change. It means God's love for you, 
God's love for your next door neighbor, God's love for the person you most love, and God's love for the person you least love, always is present. And that Jesus gives salvation, that never changes. That salvation is only available through Jesus. However, how we worship this, how we share this, how we be his community, and then how this affects us will change. Congregations close and open regularly. You look at the history of Australia, we have congregations opening and closing regularly. We have churches being large and small regularly. We have churches changing the way they do worship, like we are being forced to do at the moment. But may these changes be driven by Jesus. May they be influenced by Jesus, his grace and his desire for all to know his saving love. Because that is what is reliable from God. His mercy, his grace, and that he's going to save you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of salvation. We thank you that that is possible not by what we do, but by what you have done for us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Give us a sense of your presence. Help us to recognize that we are loved always by you. And let us never doubt that. Let us be committed to be people who trust you all the time, who allow you to influence how we react to what's going on in our life because you are reliable and you are giving us a gift that is the most precious gift of all. Heavenly Father, be with our communities during this time. Help us to be church, your reflection of grace, love and mercy to the people we interact with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.